It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. They say hindsight is twenty twenty, but everyone except the Reds front office saw the need to sign veteran pitching this past offseason. We are going to discuss that on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you here on this live edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. I encourage you to drop down into the comments section, give us a question, give us your thoughts, give us your feelings about this Cincinnati Reds team because talking Reds is what we do. And we want to talk Reds with you. And by the way, Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. And we want you to be an everydayer. Join us each and every day here on Locked On Reds. And for today's episode, there's been a theme that is building here, Steve, about the uh, pitching when it comes to the Cincinnati Reds. And I think it's very obvious that we can look back on the offseason and say, uh, should have seen this one coming. We're also going to get into uh, impressive performance out of the lineup for a guy that we have earmarked as uh, somebody who needs to prove it to us. And Joey Votto's got everybody worried, except for me and Steve. Before we get into why, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. They're the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And Steve, where we want to start is with the pitching staff because we understand that the roster is a work in progress. Uh, we understand that it's going to take some time to see its final form, but they've got a glaring hole right now that needs addressing. Well, it's there's two glaring holes and both in the rotation, but uh, it boils down to this. They've got Luis Sessa in this rotation. Luis Sessa is not a starting pitcher. He wants to be. I know that he wants to be, um, but wishing doesn't make it so. Uh, he would be better suited for himself in the bullpen. He could focus on just a couple pitches and throw them really well and be very effective. Uh, he's been good for the Reds in the bullpen, and the Reds, quite honestly, need a guy in the middle of the game, a sixth, seventh inning guy, a multiple, a true multiple inning relief pitcher, long man, that they can count on. That's Luis Sessa. Uh, it's better for the Reds. It's better for the team. It's better for the player. And I just don't understand why everybody looked at this situation that's in the decision-making uh, positions in this Reds front office and said, ah, it'll be okay. It'll be fine. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, Luis Sessa wants to be a starting pitcher. I want to be a Jedi. I really do. Um, <laughs> I, I think both have the exact amount of chances of happening. Although Luis Sessa actually has a chance to pitch as a starting pitcher, so I'm never going to be able to use the force. But he had another bad outing, and this is where we are coming from here because he had more walks than strikeouts in three and a two-thirds innings. And I even looked at this, and in fact, he even had more homers allowed to the Braves than he had strikeouts in his most recent start. And I looked at this. So he has 31 career starts now. He averages four and two-thirds innings per start. He adds stress to this bullpen. 
You know what else adds stress to this bullpen? Young pitchers that are trying to figure it out. Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Graham Ashcraft all have oodles of talent, and we see the potential. We see where they can go, but they're all going to have bad starts at some point. Hunter Green has Mm -hmm. already kind of had a few starts where he's needed the help of the bullpen to get to the end of the game, and the Reds have to be cognizant of that. They can't just tell them to go out there and pitch, come hell or high water, and not expect it to affect the way that they develop. So with that, the guys who aren't Nick Lodolo, excuse me, Hunter Green, Graham Ashcraft, need to be the kind of guys that can eat innings, that can go into the sixth, go into the seventh inning. And I'm not saying because they haven't allowed any runs. I'm saying that's just because they can eat innings, and they don't have that. They have two guys that put even more bullpen stress on here, and this is why I need to see Luis Sessa and Connor Overton moved out of the rotation as quickly as possible. Yeah, I can't fault anything that you just said. You know, you and I talked about what a big problem this was for the bullpen. It's what really uh, sparked me to come up with the whole juggling of the rotation when we got those two rainouts because uh, Sessa and Overton are bad for the bullpen. You know, the thing is this. They didn't go out and sign anybody. You and I had talked about possibly going out and getting Johnny Coito. We talked about them going out and getting anybody. And who they went out and got was Luke Weaver. And when they went out and got Luke Weaver, you did a a quick reaction video, which was kind of funny, (laughs) your reaction. But if you you recall, what you said was uh, that this guy couldn't even start for the Royals. You know, that's what you said. And... And now we find ourselves in the position of, oh, well, Luke Weaver's coming back. Yes. (laughs) Hasn't thrown a pitch yet for the Reds in the major leagues. And you and I are both like, all right. And I had a thought that tells me more than anything what situation we're in right now. And not to uh, not to hit this one home even more. But uh, God forbid I had this thought last night, but I'm just like. How's how's Chase Anderson doing in AAA? He's not doing very good, so I stopped thinking about that very quickly. But yes, that that that's where we're at because I just look at Overton, I look at Sessa, I know where they are, and I know I need to see something else. The problem also with this thought process, though, is it doesn't lend itself to being open to allowing Brandon Williamson and Levi Stout to come up here and figure their stuff out too. Because if they come up here and they are constantly needing bailed out in the fourth and the fifth innings, then that doesn't help. Because what we're talking about here is the two holes in the rotation that are leading to problems in the bullpen. Because the bullpen cannot constantly be relied upon to get 15 outs every night. Or, or 18 outs or 17 outs or six, you know, it's, it's gotta be boiled down to like nine outs, maybe 10 outs if they can on average. And right now the average is just far above that. And it's putting so much tax on a bullpen that even in the best of circumstances was probably only going to be around league average at best. Well, you mentioned Brennan Williamson and Levi Stout. Let's take a quick uh, question from the Viewers, uh, Jason says, how do we feel about Brandon Williamson starts in Louisville yeah. so far? Almost a walk per inning so far. You know, it's funny, Jason, Jeff was talking about this before we went live. So, Jeff, how do you feel about this? Not great. Uh, because the Reds, obviously, they sent them to AAA because, like, we need them to get more consistent. We need them to work on some stuff, and then we'll be ready to bring them up. 
but all they're doing is consistently walking people. And that's the thing. Like I, I, and we're going to talk about Joey Votto later on and why some stats are good and some stats just ignore them, especially when it comes to like a minor league dude who is getting ready to be called up at some point this season. What you're looking for in pitchers is what they can control. And yeah, Williamson and Stout are striking guys out, but they're also walking quite a few. And Levi Stout weirdly has not given up too many hits. It's just he's been walking everybody. And I don't necessarily know. We, we, we've done this. We, we've ran through this storyline before of guy who has amazing stuff but has the tendency to walk people, Cody Reed. That just doesn't work. So I, I really want to see that total come down and the walks per nine come down for these guys because if we're bringing them up and they're going to run their pitch count up in the early innings, we're not talking about solving anything. We're just talking about exacerbating the problem. So we talked about Connor Overton being the first guy out of the rotation when Luke Weaver comes back. Do you still, are you still there or are you taking Sessa to the bullpen first? I think, I think in terms of just the overall pitching staff's health, I think it has to be Sessa because I don't know that I can count on Connor Overton for more than two innings. I feel like we can count on Luis Sessa for three. He looked Mm -hmm. fine in the first three innings of last night. He was awful in the last inning that he came out and tried to pitch that fourth inning. He was awful in the fourth. So I I think that we know that Luis Sessa can get us nine outs reasonably well with minimal damage. There's probably going to be a little bit, but minimal. Connor Overton, I'm a little bit worried about because it seems like he has different innings where he falls apart. So I, I, I want to see Luis Sessa become that safety blanket before we're relying on Connor Overton to be that safety blanket. Well, that makes sense to me. I guess one thing's for sure, Jeff, and that is that this bullpen, this team, is going to continue to be a work in progress. Uh, they're going to <laughs> really test our patience at time, and uh, they're going to be fun, and they're going to be infuriating all at the same time. That That's 100% true. I, I firmly believe that they are better. It's just right now it's it's really testing everybody's resolve in saying those words. <laughs> well, Jeff, we've been wondering uh, about a certain shortstop, and that's Jose Barrero. We've been wondering if he was ever going to figure it out. Uh, Well, he may be doing just that, just like I said the other day. I told you this was coming. I'm going to tell you why he is breaking out coming up next. But before we get to that, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's episode is brought to you in part by FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can set step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's right, your first bet, no-sweat first bet can come back to you if it doesn't hit in the form of bonus bets. Uh, you can just head to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. You place your first bet, and if it doesn't hit, you're going to get all of that money back as bonus bets if you don't win up to $1,000. Uh, the total... Oop, Jeff, I got confused there for a second. Sorry. At any rate... Uh, Head to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now to sign up with FanDuel. FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, coming up tomorrow, we are going to talk about what has ended up being a pretty rough road trip uh, that was full of opportunity, uh, but they didn't quite deliver, and we're going to get into all of that. But 
there are bright spots. And Jeff, one of the bright spots has been your dude raking Jake Fraley. And then the other bright spot has been what looks like, finally, the emergence of Jose Barrero, the hitter. You know, there was a point early on in the game where Kyle Wright was struggling. He was throwing a lot of pitches. There were a lot of, you know, wild stuff. Tyler Stevenson got hit twice by fastballs. Their bases were loaded and Jose Barrero came up. And I thought, man, how awesome would it be if he gets a base hit in this scenario? Well, instead he walked, he drew like, I think it was a six pitch walk at the time he had a full count and he was able to work it to get that walk and get an RBI for him there. And I think the odds, and I tweeted this whenever it happened, the odds of Jose Barrero getting a bases loaded RBI walk seem almost crazy to me. Dude doesn't take very many walks. He has to be on up to bat in a situation where uh, the bases are loaded to even get that RBI walk. And then he actually has to take a pitch and he hasn't done that very often, but he gets an RBI walk on Tuesday night. And that for me is signaling the change that we've been seeing. Jose Barrero to some extent has been, you know, he's been better at the plate. We've seen how the changes in his timing and his stance and his mechanics have really helped him out, get more power behind the hits and things like that. But the fact that he's able to take that walk is the number one thing for me that signals something's different with him. And just like the Reds, Jose Barrero's different this year. And, you know, what I was saying the other day is that he has looked at the plate like a guy that was finally putting all the pieces together, even mm -hmm. if he wasn't having, even if he wasn't getting hits, even if he wasn't drawing a walk, his at-bats looked better. And it's what led me to the conclusion that he was close to a breakout. And I'm happy to see now he's finally putting the bat on the ball, hitting for a little bit of power, doing the things that we've always thought that he could do. And uh, Jose Barrero, that suddenly finds himself a capable major league hitter uh, gives the Reds so much flexibility because he can play out there in center field. I know that you and I are both done with let's convert every shortstop in the world to be an outfielder. And we've seen how that's worked out so far, but I think that Jose Barrero can do it. You know, you've got Jose Barrero that is such an athletic dude that he can play out there. You've got Matt McLean who also played center field already in college. Uh, these guys being true major league hitters just make this team so much better because of that flexibility. Uh, it means that not only will you have a middle infield full of talent by the name of, you know, Ellie De La Cruz and, you know, you can keep Spencer steer on the infield and you can keep Jonathan India at second base, I suppose, if that's what you want to do. And then you've still got all of this talent left over that you can move to the outfield. And that's just more players. You don't have to go out and sign. So for me, this is where we talk about 2024 and 2024 being the year they really put it together and that they really get serious about competing. Well, if that's going to be the case, you need a Jose Barrero and probably a Matt McClain to come on strong and be able to move to other positions in order to really fill the weak spots that are left after the drafting and the trades and, you know, the hashtag, the hall, right? I mean, you've got to, you've got to have these other needs met and these guys can do that for the Reds. And I feel like too, uh, you know, kind of playing off this, you mentioned Jake Fraley's just been amazing. He was two for two last night, two walks, amazing game for him. Like these guys are changing the narrative around themselves. I mean, Jake Fraley even had two steals 
and he scored a run. And and I don't know if you got a chance to see this early on in the game. I believe it was in the third inning whenever Kyle Wright was going through all of his stuff, and that was a long inning for him, and the Reds scored four runs. But the way that he was able to score, he was on second, and there was a ground ball hit to the second baseman. It was deep in the second base hole. He had to field it kind of going away from first base. And by the time he tried to flip it to first to get Spencer Steer out, Steer beat out the throw. But in the time that all of that happened, Fraley came from second and all the way around to score. Just amazing base running by him. Seems like there's not anything that he can't do right now. I feel like he has taken a step forward to a point where I want to see him in every situation. I feel like he should be up on the list. Like, obviously, you want to see India. You want to see Stevenson in those clutch moments. Jake Fraley is now in that in that uh, category for me. Well, and uh, you ended up in an interesting uh, Twitter conversation concerning <laughs> yeah. Jake Fraley last night. How did you feel about him being pinch hit for? I, I hated it. I thought it was a terrible management decision and I get it. And, um, the conversation centered on Twitter around between me and friend of the podcast, Lance McAllister. Uh, but he was like, here's the matchup data. The matchup data makes sense. Kevin Newman was really good against left-handed pitching last year. Jake Fraley in his career has not hit left-handed pitching. That is correct. However, I feel like in the moment and where we are right now, Jake Fraley has proven to me that he should not be taken out of the game for anybody. He is a matchup, not necessarily matchup proof, but I want to see him take the talent that he is showing right now and put it in a scenario where he has not been given too many opportunities to excel in and see if he can excel. And if he continues to struggle against left-handed pitching, then let's revisit this. But right now, here at the beginning of the season, at, at, on, on April 12th, as we get ready for the final game of the Reds and Braves series in Atlanta, he has five at-bats against left-handed pitchers. He needs more like uh, we were never going to see him reach his potential if they constantly say as soon as a lefty's in the game, we're taking him out. Well, and, you know, I, I've told you where I stand on this at this point with how he's played and that's you run him out there until he proves that you shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, I, I make him the everyday outfielder slash DH right now, regardless of who's pitching for the other team. And if he goes a great big O for 20 against left-handed pitching, well, then that tells us something. And we yeah. know, well, maybe if, if we want to even go deeper than that and give him 50 at bats against the left-handed pitcher before we make a decision and determine whether or not he can do this. And that's still not a very big sample size, but I think you're right, Jeff. I think at this point in the position that this team is in, why not? Why not run him out there and see what you really have? Because, you know, as I just said, 2024 is where they're looking and 2024 is where they're anticipating being a contender. If that's the case, figure everything out right now while you can. And one of the things that needs to be figured out is what do you really have in Jake Fraley? And it's the same with TJ Friedel. What do we really have with TJ Friedel? Keep running him out there and see what we've got. Uh, there's, there's no reason not to. Yeah, and to the point of pinch inning for TJ Friedel, he's actually been good against lefties in his career. So I, I, I thought it was a case of David Bell trying to do too many David Bell things all at once, and it just – i it's, I'm not going to say it backfired, but it really could have been something different. I feel like Jake Fraley could have come up clutch in that spot with Jonathan India in scoring position as the tying run, but we'll never know. We'll never know. But I'll tell you this. It was a three-hit night for Spencer Steer as well. I mean, he is the guy, and this is one other thing looking at this lineup right now. Will Myers struggling. 
Jason Vossler, back to reality. We'll we'll talk about him in just a moment. Spencer Steer needs to be hitting fifth. He needs to be right behind Tyler Stevenson because any pitcher coming to the mound right now looks at the Reds lineup, sees Tyler Stevenson at the plate. I'm not going to say that they're all going to hit him like Kyle Wright did because Kyle Wright just couldn't control his fastball, but they're certainly not going to give him any pitches to hit because they know they can throw whatever to Will Myers and get him out in the following at bat. I really love what Spencer Steer has done, and he had some good things to say about, you know, Following a loss, obviously annoying, but he had some good things to say about the Reds lineup following last night's game. You know, I think, uh, you know, just our identity as a, as a team and an offense is just grinding out at bats and just trying to be tough outs and putting balls in play, putting pressure on the defense. I think, you know, when you're grinding out at bats, you know, these guys can't feel like they can't put you away because, you know, you're staying with it. So I think, uh, just that identity of just grinding out at bats, I think, has really helped us late in the game. Which has served the Reds well. When you talked about this yesterday, I think it was yesterday, uh, where, you know, if something bad happens, we attack the coaches, right? Third base coach. If House makes a mistake, we're all over it. But nobody is talking about uh, the hitting coach and the changes. Yeah. yeah, nobody's talking about him and the changes that have been brought forward. But I want to tell you that what I'm seeing out of the hitters is definitely definitely a shift in philosophy. It's definitely a shift in not how just any one individual hitter is approaching things, but they're all approaching the the at bats kind of the same way. And it's what Spencer Steer just said, you know, that grinding attack and and forcing the pitcher to work and seeing a lot of pitches and doing all of those things. And I think that, you know, we should be celebrating the changes that uh, you know, this has the changes that have been instilled this off season by the hitting coach, because the second it takes a turn, we are not going to hesitate to say he should be fired. So <laughs> maybe we should celebrate him uh, while we have an opportunity. I've already seen some people calling for Derek Johnson to be fired, which I find hilarious, but yes, that's, that's just proving that point, but you know, it just all drives home the point that this lineup just needs some pitching help. And we're going to be right back on track. You know, Steve, uh, you and I aren't worried about Joey Votto's rehab numbers, like pretty much everybody else seems to be. We'll tell you why, coming up next. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about another one of today's sponsors, and that is the Ultimate Baseball GM app. This is a very addicting game. I, I, I mean, we're talking about setting up the Reds roster for success, and I've been trying to do that with the Fairfield Hoagies here in the Ultimate GM app, but... It's just not quite working, you know, trying to build with the youngsters, trying to bring them up through the minors, get that talent rolling through. It's just taken a long time here in the simulation that is the ultimate GM app. You can simulate through multiple seasons in, you know, a span of like a half an hour or something. You can see your team grow as you set them up for success, whether you uh, are hiring the right coaches and staff, you manage the team finances, you scout and draft players, you manage through difficult personalities and injuries. There's so much to this game that makes it so addicting. You need to check it out today. You go to probaseballgm.com, or if you're watching right here on the live show, scan that QR code and download the app today. It's free to play, and you can play it without an internet connection once you get it downloaded. It's a lot of fun. I've been competing with some other Locked On hosts. I'm getting absolutely boat raced by our friend up in uh, Cleveland, uh, Jeff Snyder, or I'm sorry, Jeff Ellis, who hosts Locked On Guardians. 
and just absolutely hey, he's he's kicking butt up there i think it's something about the guardians they just know how to run a front office but anyway if you think you can run a front office check it out today lockdown reds listeners get a 100 percent free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store so make sure you check it out download the game by going to probaseballgm.com scan this qr code or look it up in the app stores that's probaseballgm.com ultimate baseball gm start your dynasty today Coming up tomorrow on the show, we are going to recap this rough road trip that has been. But you know what? You can also follow us on all platforms. Or find us on your favorite podcasting app. Make sure you click that subscribe button here on YouTube if you're checking out our live show. Thanks so much for joining us here. And click that bell to get notified whenever we've got some new content for you. And in between episodes, you can follow me on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve on Twitter as well. You can follow him at S Offenbaker with two F's and you can follow the show at locked on reds. All right, Steve, um, people are quoting triple a rehab numbers to me about Joey Votto and are trying to get upset about it. I, 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 I don't know why I have learned to never doubt Joey Votto. And I know that somewhere along the way, Father Time is going to get his win. And I understand. Joey Votto is going to come up from this rehab assignment and he's going to do Joey Votto things. He's going to probably be slow to heat up. It's going to take a little bit of time. He's been out for a long time. Uh, what he's doing in AAA is probably not what he'll be doing in the majors as far as his approach, even. You know, he's not studying these minor league pitchers the way that he studies the major league pitchers. He's not preparing for his at-bats at Louisville like he prepares for his at-bats in Cincinnati. He's going to be fine. You know, it, it almost has that Aaron Rodgers feel to it, right? Should we spell relax? Do we need to? Yeah, just everybody relax. Joey's going to be fine. And Joey's needed because, you know, the, the the Jason Vossler saga as it has played out and and boy he showed me never again while I tweet during the middle of an at bat for Jason Vossler about whether he should be on the team or not because he went on an incredible run after I clicked send but he's coming back to earth and he's showing himself to be the guy that we thought he was uh, a utility piece that could play every once in a while and occasionally give you some pop and occasionally give you a big hit, but not somebody that you should be counting on to play 150 games in the lineup. And that's who Jason Vossler is. That's a useful player. Don't don't get me wrong, Jeff. I'm right. not saying that, you know, that's not useful. But I am saying that if the, the conversation is, do we need to worry about finding a place for Vossler to play? Or right. do we need to worry about creating a spot for Joey Votto? When we've got Jason Vossler, wait, just let that hit you. Do we need to worry about creating a spot for Joey Votto? Yes, we need to make a spot for Joey Votto. That guy's a Hall of Famer. Jason right. Vossler is not. Right, and that that was the question, right? Like, what do we do with Jason Vossler whenever Joey Votto comes back? Well, what we were probably going to do anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I mean, and he can play third, and maybe he can play a little bit. I I don't necessarily 
know that there's been a lot of him playing corner outfield in his minor league career or anything. I know there's not in his major league career, but maybe they'll find places for him to get at bats. But that's not the point. The point here is Joey Votto is going to come back and he's going to inject even more optimism into this lineup with the way that he plays. And people right now are just trying to freak themselves out when they look at his AAA numbers and they say, oh, he's, he's only bad like a buck 50 and not even hitting his weight. And then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, he's uh, got 17 or 20 strikeouts or whatever it is at this point. And I'm worried about the 20 strikeouts and stuff like that. Here's the deal with Joey Votto. And, and I went back and I looked at this because it's like, okay, what should we expect from rehab statistics for Joey Votto? He has 86 career rehab at bats. He has a 197 batting average in those at bats for his career. Has that ever been a problem? Has, has that has, ever weighed him down? No. So why are we worried now? Why, why are we getting ourselves all worked up and, and I'm getting myself worked up because people are getting worked up. So that's even weirder. And I feel like I'm even dumber for doing this, but that's where I'm at. I'm getting all worked up about the fact that people are worked up thinking that Joey Votto is going to come back and just suck because that's not going to happen because Joey Votto is the goat. You're, you're not wrong. <laughs> and I wonder, you know, I wonder sometimes if this is not uh, a certain segment of the fan base that has been told their whole adult That's lives true. that Joey Votto is bad. And if this is not th those people trying to finally find something to validate what they've been told oh their gosh. whole life, which is that Joey Votto is bad folks. If you're wanting a podcast that's going to tell you that Joey Votto is bad, you have found the wrong podcast. <laughs> Both of the hosts on this show think Joey Votto is a first ballot Hall of Famer. No doubt. Without question. So we're not going to. Now, look, there's going to come a time when Joey Votto becomes not Joey Votto. And, and maybe that's this year. And if it is this year and he comes up and he shows us that finally time has won, we're going to tell you that. We're going to tell it to you straight. We're going to tell you the truth. But what we're not going to do is bash on him for a handful of at-bats in Louisville. Not going to do that. Not not at all. And, yeah, there there's a section of the fan base that has decided they want to be the first ones to call whenever Joey Votto is done. They want to be the first ones right with it. They want to be like that reporter that is the first to report a story. And I don't understand why you want to be the first to declare whenever Joseph Daniel Votto is no longer Joseph Daniel Votto. That, that makes no sense to me because Joey is going to come up and Joey is going to be just fine. And this lineup's going to be even better with him in it. And you know what, Steve, that is where we're going to wrap up this edition of the locked on reds podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us here. Thanks for joining us on the live portion. If you got the chance to coming up tomorrow, we're going to recap this first road trip for the Reds, and it's it's been a rough run. Even if they can manage to beat Spencer Strider and the Braves, they're still only going to have won two wins on this road trip. But we will be uh, recapping that all tomorrow on the podcast. Now, make sure you go check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You can win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft analysis anywhere that you can find. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball just like you find Locked On Reds. It's available on your favorite podcasting app or right here on YouTube because we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. And speaking of every day, 
we thank you for being an everydayer of Locked On Reds. Because why, Steve? Well, before I get to the to the finish, I just want to shout out real quick the folks in the comments. Uh, oh, yeah, we didn't yeah. take as many comments today as we normally do. This was a, a unanticipated live. We had some technical issues last night that forced us to go live today versus recording last night. So I appreciate you all jumping in. Uh, sorry we didn't get to very many of you, uh, but be back for the next live. We'll make sure to work in as many comments as possible. Just couldn't quite get it done today but what we did get done and what we will continue to get done is we will scour the transactions we'll keep our ears to the ground listening for all of the rumors we'll watch triple a baseball to report back to you that joey Votto will be just fine we'll gather all of the information and bring it right back here to keep you locked on reds every single day we're talking about rehab numbers rehab hey prime members you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.